Welcome, my name is Bo Henna, and this is the Holland Festival podcast. You're listening to my conversation with this year's associate artist, Anoni. We will discuss her role as an associate artist. What is her take on this role? Which artists and projects will she bring along? And of course, I would like to know, what can we expect from Anoni herself during this year's Holland Festival? Who is Anoni? Could you introduce yourself? I'm an artist, singer, and, uh, person, part of the community. Um, what, what community? Well, I guess for the moment, Amsterdam. But, you know, that's how I like to think of myself as a part of a circle. And the circle changes because of the type of work I'm doing. I try not to think of myself as too separate from everyone else. Would you, would you then also say, like, you're part of a movement somehow? I think it's our collective human movement. I'm a part of our the collective human movement, for better or for worse. What's your role during Holland Festival? I have been hired by the Holland Festival to be a an advisor or kind of muse to the programming process, and um, it's really an honor to have been invited and. Uh, um, and I really jumped at the chance because uh, I love these kinds of opportunities, especially because I have a lot of um, respect for these kinds of institutions, you know, that are still still have an aspect of being publicly funded, you know. So there's this kind of um, aspects of a non-capitalist conversation about culture, mm -hmm. you know, a more so socialist idea about the way that art participates in 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 our in our society so you know i always jump at the chance to talk to curators and directors of festivals to try to do try to um be useful to them in sharing with them whatever kinds of dreams that i've collected from my work and life to try to be provocative and see if I can help them to formulate more useful, uh, more effective ways of doing cultural interventions, you know, yeah. to help, try yeah. to, you know, try to help. Um, so I, I'm really excited to be a part of a committee that dreams about how we talk to each other and how we address each other and, and what kinds of work we think are, are important to, to, to engage. Yeah. So, so I was really excited to come on, come on in this kind of assistant capacity as a muse to the festival. What are topics that uh, you like to bring in with you as a muse or assistant to the festival? We've been talking about ways to invite Dutch people to um, be present in in a in a circle of cultural expression in a different way. So that to invite people not to come as critics, but to come as people seeking something. I think of all of us as um, needing help. Please help us. Like we're all in this, we're in a situation in society and in this moment in in time, in relationship to nature and and in relationship to each other, 
where there's so much brokenness and we're all carriers of that brokenness. And uh, we need spaces where we can go in an open, a more vulnerable way to um, seek help. And, and healing. Our healing, help, yeah. um, and also insight into, um, into how to better manage this moment, you know, individually in our daily lives, in how we participate, in, in what we value, in what we're looking at, in whose voices we're listening to. In, in our imagination, if we go step back to a, an earlier time in um, where our communities were smaller and um, our cultural providers or dreamers were, were more local, you know, the idea of holding, you'd cast a circle around an artist the community stands in a circle around the artist and the artist holds space for the collective dream, you know, tries to give voice to a dream on behalf of the collective because everyone in that circle has a job to do. And then the job assigned, this one in the middle, is to, is to, is to help, to hold space to for... To facilitate a ceremony almost. It could be a ceremonial, it could be um, to take a vision, but she's a member of the community. She's not an object outside of the community. She's at the heart of the community. She's your brother, your sister, or your mother, your father, you know, and, and she, has a, she has a dignified role, you know. An artist has, is a, has a dignified role in the circle of the community. You know, but increasingly in this kind of late-stage capitalism, there's a kind of a coliseum sport attached to the consumption of artists. Does that make sense? Yeah, because most people that buy a ticket for Holland Festival maybe just go with the idea that they have bought something or they come to consume. Yeah, thumbs up or thumbs down, yeah. and you own the ob you, you know the idea that the artist is a something that that you buy to own yeah. and and to do what you want with it. Um, but you mean like transactional? But it, what I mean in the sense that you walk away from a person thinking that you don't imp that you're not responsible for how you impact that person. Mm. You know, so it's not a consensual. It's, it's, it's not necessarily a caringly consensual exchange. People use money in substitute co community care for a piece, a piece of money, you know, and, um, and, and, and for that piece of money, they, they, oftentimes we believe, I often believe as a consumer, that, that that enters me into the audience of the Colosseum, of the Roman Colosseum, where I get to make mincemeat of that that object, but really what I'm doing is, really what I'm doing is I'm cutting off my hope or chance of, of, of being vulnerable in that transaction and also of, of being able to really receive, you know, receive, receive whatever insight that that performer or that body or that dreamer mm. has come to share with me. You know, and, and, and so it's a part of the community being dismantled. This is a way that capitalism dismantles us, dismantles our agency as, as, collective, as a collective society, you know. And, um, and our, this idea that we attend anonymously, this collective experience, it's, it's, it, it, it um, undermines our agency as consumers. Even the word consumer is so tragic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just, it's a one-way street. And, and these kinds of one-way streets are designed to undermine our agency. One might think that they're wielding power by being a critic, but actually you're just following a script that's been handed to you by a system that does, wants you not to have power. Yeah. 
you know, by sitting there and criticizing yes or no, let's kill that Christian, let's let that one live, yeah. you know, it's a, it's, you're actually just fulfilling a role within a much larger system of, of that's a malevolently designed system yeah. that's kept, that's, that's there to keep you in your place, you know, the, 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 maintaining systems of power, maintaining this gross imbalance of power in our society and Instead of breaking these kind of instead systems. of breaking it down, yeah. you know, and these cultural forms are, are are places where they're some of the only places that we get mm -hmm. to really dream about breaking down systems and 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 potentially empowering An experiment maybe with the way to do it new possibilities, yeah. new possibilities. You have a very like well thought and clear vision and mission as well with this, um, but you're not doing it alone because you're also bringing some other people or spirits in, um, who, yeah, who did you bring with you uh, to Holland Festival and why? Yeah, um, one artist I, I, I invited who I have so much respect for is um, a filmmaker and artist and kind of, uh, she's a multimedia artist named Lynette Walworth. She's an Australian cultural producer or whatever and, and um, She's someone who's had a huge influence on me and inspired me. She's actually the person that brought me out to working with the Mardu, uh, people in the Western Australia desert. Lynette has, um, has um, been invited in several different contexts in South America and Australia and in other places to, to be a conduit for some of those stories to be told and, and those ways of seeing to be told because I believe so deeply in her vision and her, and, and I'm so moved by how, how deeply she com has committed her body and her life to helping. Another person, a really important messenger, if you will, from the US, whose name is Adrienne Murray Brown. She's a writer who wrote um, several things, but two books in particular. She, she created a system called, a book called Emergent Strategies and uh, another book called Pleasure Activism. And, and her writing and her thinking is really foundational f um, in, in a, an array of sort of social justice movements in the United States now, like indigenous people, social justice people, BIPOC people, get queer body people, you know, um, really lean on Adrian Marie Brown's vision and dreaming. Um, so I, Adrian Marie Brown is doing, has started doing some work with um, musicians. She started writing some music as well, and, and, and uh, she's interested in, in cross-pollinating with singers and, and with groups of singers. And so she's working on a project for the Holland Festival, which I feel really honored to be able to help host. Another artist that we've invited is a very dear friend of mine, Laurie Anderson, who's been an inspiration to me since I was uh, really young. And she speaks a lot of truths that people find difficult to, can find difficult to listen to. She did my favorite artwork that I've ever seen, which was the work she did at the Armory in, in New York, uh, where she projected, <coughs> live projected the image of a, of, um, of a, someone who'd spent a long, long time in Guantanamo Bay. And she did this really beautiful, work in collaboration with him um, in the armory, like a 30 foot tall statue of him, this man who'd been really defiled by the United States. And um, so, so we're not doing that piece, but, but Laurie's just someone who's a real inspiration to me and such a brave, 
brave artist. Um, she's the kind of person I, I look toward for, for insight and guidance to know how to move forward. Um, we're also doing a thing where, where I've invited several women that have been colleagues and kind of been part of my affinity group in New York City for many years, Johanna Constantine and Kembra Fowler and um, also Coco Rosie. Collectively, we enacted a project called Future Feminism in 2014, mm -hmm. and um, we might restage some aspect of that, that installation, as well as hosting performances by each of those artists individually. Um, what can we expect from you, art-wise, during this festival? Are you yeah. perform in any form? I'm, you know, I've been really brought in in a capacity as an advisor, and um, that was sort of understood when I took the job. Mm -hmm. And um, it's been many years since I've performed at this point, and I'm not really that comfortable performing anymore. But uh, I, my focus, my energy and focus has been much more on um, insulation and and uh, recording. And in that capacity, I'm going to be doing an installation installing the, the works, the future feminist works, and then I'm, there's also a conversation about me doing um, an exhibition of work connected to um, Dr. Julia Yasuda, which who's a, was my kind of principal muse in, in all of my performance work for many, many years. And um, who, she passed away like three years ago, but there's a body of photography of Julia that, that um, was taken by her wife, who I'm now the, the um, the um, executor or whatever of that estate, and I'm I'm printing a bunch of those portraits of Julia, and we're going to be doing an installation of that work that I I will probably also augment with some of my own work. Maybe the central project for me in this exhibition, in terms of something I've facilitated or co-facilitated, <coughs> is. Um, a project on Gert van de Weinstraat, which is um, a street where I lived for one year in 1977-1978 when I was a child and um, an, an, an environment that had a huge impact on me growing up. It was a, I have a very physical memory of feeling that it was a kind of paradise. Uh, the environment, the, the moment in time, it was a very liberating moment for me as a child, coming from a very repressed culture in the UK and suddenly being immersed in this kind of almost utopian moment in, in Amsterdam's history. You know, it was a very idealistic, um, it was like the convergence of hippies and punks were in the streets and there's a sense of freedom and almost reckless freedom. And, um, and in that year, as a child, as a seven-year-old, I lived in Gert van Weinstraat and, uh, and it was, I always described it as a kind of a, a paradise for me. And uh, it was, I always say it was the year when my life turned from black and white to color. And, uh, and it was the year that I really realized myself as an as a creative person, as an artist, I made a commitment that I was an artist to myself at that point. It wasn't so much a commitment, it was such a, just this emergent notion that I was an artist. And uh, it wasn't until 2005 that 
or 2004, I came back and did a concert at Paradiso and um, I was talking about that experience and um, someone came up to me afterwards and told me that that neighborhood had been a Jewish quarter um, prior to the war. And uh, that's filled in a lot of blanks for me because I, had, I didn't understand that, but there had been um, a Jewish blessing in the door. Um, and, um, but being naive, uh, family from another country, we hadn't ever unpacked what that could have possibly meant. Mm. And uh, it astounds me now that my parents never considered what that could have mean. Yeah. But uh, that's how it was at that time. And, and we lived in blissful ignorance. <coughs> and um, and I, I had a very real physical experience of freedom, safety and joy in that neighborhood. Fast forward to about 2018 and I learned about the history of that road, that Uterpa Strasse was the name that it had prior to World War II and it was the central, um, right across the street from where my house was. I lived at 800, Gerd van der Veen. There was, across the street was the main headquarters for the SD, which was the, the and, and across the street from that was the, the sort of the Jewish deportation um, organization. and. Um, <clears throat> it was basically the home of the kind of like the SS and the, um, the, the, the main hub of um, the, one of the main hubs of the most brutal um, face of the Nazi presence in Holland and also like the, the central offices from which 70,000 um, Dutch Jews were um, purged and genocided. Um, from Amsterdam and um, when I kind of realized it it, 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 it kind of it shocked me when I realized this you know in my late 40s that that there were these two veils of truth had somehow coexisted mm -hmm. for so long without my knowledge and now I could see them that this this joy that I'd experienced in that neighborhood was a veil over this atrocity. Learning this history really informed something that subconsciously I'd absorbed long before I knew it. And um, I really wanted to create a ceremony that held space for that truth, both of all of those truths, and, and also maybe f add to the kinds of memorializing that happen in Holland every year, but with a much more specific and intimate focus on this neighborhood. I invited my friend William Bozinski to, to stage an orchestral presentation of his piece Disintegration Loops, which has been a piece that's in the past been played in commemoration of 9-11, specifically in, in the US, um, but which is a piece that I, I knew that he wrote long before 9-11 and is a kind of a, an elegy for humanity in a way. And um, we're gonna have like a Sunday afternoon on Gerd van Weinstraat where we're gonna kind of host this meditation, this conversation. And that's really probably the single project that's the closest to my heart in this festival. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Anoni. We would love to welcome you at the Holland Festival upcoming June. Want to know more about the entire program, dates and tickets? Check out our website, hollandfestival.nl. Holland Festival is made possible by the Ministry of Education, Culture and Science, the City of Amsterdam, 
Production partner Amodo. Main patron Fonds 21. HF business partners, private foundations and many friends.